Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. of talk now on talk radio 1210 wpht rich zioli well biden spent a lot of time last night talking about ukraine funding did you notice that in his speech about israel he spent a whole lot of time talking about more money for ukraine um what are we a hundred billion dollars now i mean this is just out, out of control and he used israel as an excuse to bring up more funding for ukraine as senator jd vance called it shameful welcome back to the show glad you're here today 855-839-1210 on twitter at rich zioli a busy friday awaits us <coughs> jim jordan is out as a speaker of the house he, he, it's over for him i'm really uh, it's such a damn shame kevin mccarthy had come out and endorsed him a short time ago actually nominated him for speaker and apparently now jordan is out um it's uh what a loss what an absolute loss i hope that it's not over over but it may be over over it's possibly over over but um i don't know and another person has now flipped on donald trump which is, uh, in addition to Sidney Powell, there's another person who was also flipped on Donald Trump, in that case in Georgia. And Tom Kane Jr., Brian Fitzpatrick, and Mark Molinaro of New York, they all flipped against Jordan on today's vote. So today's been a day of just backstabbing and machinations on the floor of the House of Representatives and in courtrooms. Tom Massey, my buddy Tom Massey, is still holding out hope. And um, he's not giving up just yet. But anyway, it, it's uh, it's it's a mess. And meanwhile, the president last night reads from a teleprompter and wants lots and lots of money spent on two different war fronts right now. And as Senator J.D. Vance put it, using dead Israeli babies as a pretext to spend more money in Ukraine. It's beyond shameful. And he's right. And 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 Brit Hume last night in Fox News, you know, after the speech was over, Brit Hume goes on about how it was Biden's best speech. It was so strong. It was blah, 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 and then. And he's so glad that Biden tied Ukraine funding to it because it's so important for the United States of America to be strong in that front and strong as well in Israel. And Dana Perino comes on right after him and says, I I wish I was there with Brit because I completely disagree with him. Biden spent way too much time talking about Ukraine, way too much time talking about Ukraine. And she's right. And I think what's happening right now is let me explain for you exactly what's going on so you know. And that is that you got a lot of these weenie neocon 
fake Republicans out there that want to see more funding for Ukraine. However, they know it's not popular with the Republican base. So they want to tie it to Israel funding, which is a lot more popular. And they want to say it's got to be a package deal. This is to protect them. This is why they're doing it. And whether it's a swamp creatures like McConnell or swamp creatures like, you know, name name your Republican du jour in the House of Representatives. This is the reason why. Because they want to go home to their constituents and say, look, I didn't want to have to uh, vote for more Ukraine funding. But, I mean, it was Israel. How to, how to support Israel. And at the moment, funding for Israel is much more politically popular. But I also have to ask the question, which is, is Israel not able to defend itself at this point? What, 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 is it, what, what does it need for money for? Uh, if the United States is also sending ships and, 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 and offering up our military resources and what's happening here, what's going on? But this is an administration that is hell-bent on spending money, spending as much money as they possibly can. Here's Jim Jordan reacting to the second ballot that led to him being removed as the Republican nominee for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Take a listen. It was, uh, I told the conference it was an honor to be their uh, Speaker designee. But I felt it was important that we all, we all know, get an answer to the question if they wanted me to continue in that, um, in that role. And so we put the question to them. They made a different decision. Um, I told the conference that I appreciated getting to work with everyone, talk with everyone. I got to know members in our conference that I didn't really know that well over the last three weeks. And that um, we, uh, we, we need to come together and figure out who our speaker is going to be. I'm going to work as hard as I can to help that individual so that we can go help the American people. It's just it's just a damn shame. It really is. It's a damn shame that this is where things have wound up. Jim Jordan's a great guy, but he's not going to be the guy that's just going to sign blank checks. That's the problem. That's why he's out. Do you think it's a coincidence that Jim Jordan is out the very same day that the president is now demanding, what, $100 billion in aid total package, another $60 billion for Ukraine? I mean, is it any surprise that the guy who wouldn't just sign blank checks and was demanding up or down votes is now out? That by his own, by, by, by the Republican Party, by the Republican Party, by 25 Republicans who pushed him out. He's, Biden is linking the war in Israel to the war in Ukraine and saying that it's our arsenal of democracy. This is what Biden said last night. It's, it's our arsenal of democracy as he's just demanding more money. And unfortunately, there are way too many Republican members of Congress who are more than happy to, to be with him on this. More than happy. This is what Biden said last night during his speech, which I didn't watch live because I was at Parks Casino having way more fun. Uh, let's start with cut number four, Matt. American leadership is what holds the world together. American alliances will keep us, America, safe. American values are what make us a partner that other nations want to work with. To put all that at risk, if we walk away from Ukraine, we turn our backs on Israel, it's just not worth it. That's why tomorrow I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine is a smart investment that's going to pay dividends for American security for generations. Help us keep American troops out of harm's way. Help us build a world that is safer, more peaceful, more prosperous for our children and grandchildren. In Israel, we must make sure that they have what they need to protect their people today and always. The security package I'm sending to Congress and asking Congress to do is an unprecedented commitment to Israel's security that will sharpen Israel's qualitative military edge, which we've committed to, the qualitative military edge. 
We're going to make sure Iron Dome continues to guard the skies over Israel. We're going to make sure other hostile actors in the region know that Israel is stronger than ever and prevent this conflict from spreading. Now, he keeps linking Hamas and Putin. I, I, I sent you a uh, the wrong clip, Matt. I apologize. We already have this one. He keeps linking Hamas and Putin and saying that they are different, but they share the same thing in common. And then this is this is this is the problem that I had with the speech last night, which I'm sure a lot of people had. You know, Israel has this massive terror attack that occurs in their country. Now Biden's using that as a pretext to ask for more money to do more in Ukraine and linking Putin to the uh, Islamic Nazis in Hamas. The people that want to eradicate the Jews. I mean, what's going on with with Russia and Ukraine is a territorial, geographical, political dispute. It, this is it's not a it's not a desire by Putin to see Ukrainians annihilated off the face of the planet. Look, whatever your thoughts are on supporting Ukraine, Putin is not there to try to exterminate Ukrainians. Hamas, Hezbollah, they want to exterminate the Jews. There's a big difference there. So to equate these two is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, the issue of Russia and Ukraine has to do with Russia saying it believes its territory is theirs. Now, he, now Putin also says he wants to uh, get rid of the Nazis, but he hasn't called for exterminating them. I mean, Hamas literally wants to get kill the Jews. Like, that's what their that's their platform. It's what they stand for. So you can argue that the issue of Russia and and Ukraine, well, uh, you want to root for Ukraine is something that Europe needs to deal with because this affects Europe and European geographical interests a whole lot more than it does the United States. And guess what? We're not in Europe. But to equate it to the situation in Israel, where you have now these fanatical religious zealots, these fanatical jihadists who are looking to to destroy. Israel and and leave no one left, including, by the way, Christians and also Muslims who they don't believe live up to their version of Islam, is just a petty, petty attempt to get more money and to tie these two things together so that you can give these 25 Republican moderate rhinos out there talking points for turning around. And saying to everybody, well, you know what? I mean, I had it. We had to do the both packages because American democracy is threatened around the world. And we had to do it together. And it's just how it has to be. Cut number three. Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but they share this in common. They both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy, completely annihilate it. Hamas stated purpose for existing is the destruction of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses Palestinian civilians as human shields, and innocent Palestinian families are suffering greatly because of them. Meanwhile, Putin denies Ukraine has or ever had real statehood. He claims the Soviet Union created Ukraine. And just two weeks ago, he told the world that if the United States and our allies withdraw, and if the United States withdraw, our allies will as well, military support for Ukraine would have, quote, a week left to live, but we're not withdrawing. See, but we're not withdrawing. That's it. We're, we're not withdrawing. We're all in this together. We're 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 in this together forever and ever and ever. And I think Senator J.D. Vance put it quite well last night when he was on Sean Hannity's show talking about how cheap this was by Joe Biden to do this. Cut number five. America doesn't need client states. We need real allies. And if the Europeans aren't going to step up and actually carry their fair share, they're not real allies. They're basically depending on our generosity. And right now, uh, Sean, we just can't afford 
afford it, and we can't support the weapons necessary to fight a two or, God forbid, a three-front conflict if China invades Taiwan. We know right now, Sean, that there are artillery shells the Israelis need for their operation in Gaza that we have sent to the Ukrainians. Why have we allowed our industrial capacity, Sean, to get to the point where we don't make enough artillery shells to support our friends? And given that reality, why is Joe Biden going on national television and selling people on a Ukrainian escalation when Joe Biden is talking about the terrible tragedy in Israel? Whatever your view, Sean, on, on Ukraine, it is a separate country and a separate problem. I think what the president did is completely disgraceful. If he wants to sell the American people on $60 billion more to Ukraine, he shouldn't use dead Israeli children to do it. It was disgusting. Yeah, he's exactly right. It was it was disgusting and it was shameful. And it's it's not surprising that this is exactly what Joe Biden would do. And again, there's a lot of Republicans cheering him on. The very same people that just turned on Jim Jordan and took Jim Jordan out as a racist speaker because he, Jim Jordan would turn around. and He would say, OK, here's the deal. Listen, uh, if you want to vote for Ukraine funding, raise your hand, and vote I. But then we're going to do a separate vote on Israel because the two have nothing to do with each other. They're completely different countries. They're completely different causes. They're completely different situations. And you can vote yes on both. You can vote no on both. You can vote yes on one and vote no on the other. It's up, it's up to you. But we're going to have separate votes. We're going to have separate votes. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what Jim Jordan would do. And which is why he's which is why he's he's not he's not speaker now. He was blocked by the very same people that do not want to have any excuses when it comes to the United States of America writing checks around the world, whatever it takes, for as long as it takes, with no debate and no end in sight. And I think linking these two, th- these two things together is, is absolutely, absolutely irresponsible. And he, and he continues to bring up Russia and Ukraine and Israel and Hamas. Russia and Ukraine and Israel and Hamas, as if the two were the same, as if the two were related. He's trying to draw some World War II parallel here to think that, that in some way that, that Hamas and Russia are linked here. And it's just not the case. This is not World War II where you've got the Axis and the Allies. I mean, it may very well become that in the form of World War III, but we're not there yet. We could be there, and we could be there because of Biden's actions. That's for damn sure. Here's Biden on the hospital strike, cut number two. Like so many other, I'm heartbroken by the tragic loss of Palestinian life, including the explosion at the hospital in Gaza, which was not done by the Israelis. We mourn every innocent life lost. We can't ignore the humanity of innocent Palestinians who only want to live in peace and have an opportunity. You know, the assault on Israel echoes nearly 20 months of war, tragedy, and brutality inflicted on the people of Ukraine, people that were very badly hurt since Putin launched his all-out invasion. Since Putin launched his all-out invasion. You see what I mean? You see that you see the two things back and forth here, back and forth, back and forth. It's, I mean, you turn around and you go, why, why are you keep linking these things? Why do you keep linking these things? And, and, and I was amazed last night watching the, the panel on Fox News afterward and, and, and Britt Hume's on there going on and on about how great this speech was and how important it was to link these two together. And, and then Dana Perino turns around and goes, I, don't, I disagree. I don't think it was a strong speech at all. And I think that his weight, there was way too much, way too much involvement between the, these two. But this, but this is who Joe Biden is. Yeah, you have to realize this. I mean, Biden is not, he's a puppet. He's a puppet. So Joe Biden is, is, is doing what Joe Biden is being told to do. 
and he's saying what Joe Biden is is being told to do by his by his handlers. So Biden, the puppet, is the strings are being pulled again by people that want the United States to be further and further involved in these conflicts. And whether or not, listen, whether or not you are somebody who believes that the United States should be involved in Ukraine, whether or not you're somebody who believes the United States should be involved in Israel, whatever you believe, you have a right to believe it. But it's the Congress who is supposed to turn around and vote on these matters. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. Biden linked Putin and Hamas saying they both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy, completely annihilate it. Russia doesn't want to annihilate Ukraine. That's not true. That's just categorically false. It's just categorically false. But he's trying to, to, to tell everybody right now that we've got to be engaged in this. Biden is, is, is literally last night saying to America, we are, we are getting into World War III. We are getting into, we are getting into World War III. And that's what, what's happening with this leadership of this president. And so you had a guy who could have been speaker who could have stood up against this and at least said, we're not just doing this. We're not just coming out and turning around and saying blank checks here. And that guy's now out. Representative uh, Tom Emmer of Minnesota, the number three House Republican, has begun making calls about a bid for speaker, according to a person familiar with the matter. Tom Emmer is now in the race. But it, look, these guys are never going to stop. These holdouts are not going to stop until they get somebody in there who's going to go along with what the uniparty wants, period. That's it, period. That's, that, 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 it's not, this is not about Matt Gates. This is not about Matt Gates. Matt Gates offered to leave Congress. He offered to leave the House. He said, look, if this is it, if, really, if it really comes down to the fact that we did this, if you really want to blame us for this, I'll go. Show me the door. It's fine. If you people want to sit here and say that this is revenge on me, Matt Gates, for getting rid of Kevin McCarthy, fine. I'll leave. But don't stop Jim Jordan from becoming speaker. Cut number nine. So we've made them an offer. The eight of us have said that we are willing to accept censure, sanction, suspension, removal from the Republican conference. We, of course, will remain Republicans. We will continue to vote with Republicans on Republican principles. But if what these holdouts need is a pound of our flesh, we're willing to give it to them in order to see them elect Jim Jordan for speaker. Yeah, what a terrible guy he is. What a horrible person, right? What a horrible, horrible person he is to come out and say that he would he would do these things for Jim Jordan as to become Speaker of the House. What a horrible person. Patrick McHenry, who is now, I guess, the acting speaker, said Republicans will return Monday night for a candidate forum with the goal of bringing a nominee to a floor vote on Tuesday, a schedule some denounced as too delayed. But as McHenry said, he set that schedule because, quote, we need space and time for candidates to talk to other members. He also said it's fair to say that leader Steve Scalise wasn't given adequate time. So... Don't think for a second the timing here is not related. And stop blaming Matt Gates for this. Enough with blaming Matt Gates. Matt Gates is willing to take a punishment. Whatever the pound of flesh is you want to take from Matt Gates, take it. But it's not about Matt Gates. It's about Jim Jordan. It's about Jim Jordan because he will not go along with the Uniparty. And that's why he's out. There's a report now that a Navy shot down missiles over Yemen for nine hours. The United States Navy shot down missiles near Yemen for nine hours. We are awaiting a State Department briefing. As you know, we have two American hostages who've been returned by Hamas. But just to prove the point on why it is about Jim Jordan, why they don't want him, why he because he's not a go-along, get-along kind of guy, this is Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat majority leader, 
explaining exactly what I'm telling you, which is that Jim Jordan should not be speaker from their perspective because he's, he's, he's not going to go with the uniparty. Cut number 11. At every step of the way, Republicans have rejected bipartisanship and embraced extremism. Jim Jordan is a clear and present danger to our democracy. Jim Jordan is a clear and present danger to our democracy. A clear and present danger to our democracy. All right, 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. Uh, please do weigh in on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. we got a lot of great guests coming up today. We have a lot of great stuff. I'll be filling in for Mark Levin later tonight. It's going to be a busy, busy show. It's Friday. we got the Phillies game tonight. Don't go away. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, it is a Friday afternoon. By the way, a dude has been named uh, one of Maxim's hottest 100 women. That's right, a dude, a biological man, a, uh, a, a, a man has been named. Maxim Magazine back in the day used to, used to have some of the most beautiful women and that was their thing. That was Maxim was their thing. They had beautiful women. They weren't naked or anything, but they had cool articles in there. I remember years ago, Maxim had a whole thing comparing when the uh, movie Batman Begins came out. They had a whole thing comparing all the Batmobiles over the years. And then they had really uh, like a super hot woman on the cover. So it was that kind of a magazine. And every year they used to come out with their list of the hottest women in America. And Danny, Danny Laidley, a bio dude was just named the one of the hottest 100 women by Maxim magazine. And, you know, our, um, a great question that was asked, by the way, by my buddy Liz Wolf on Twitter uh, is, can we say the word woman anymore? Can we also say the word hot anymore? I mean, really, you think about it. That's 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 a that's a good question. Right. Are you allowed to say that somebody's a hot woman? Can you say these things in America or do you just get completely in trouble for this? Her question was, it's not just that the word woman was redefined. The real problem is that the word hot also seems to have been redefined. I actually asked Liz a question on Twitter. And, and the question that I wanted to know was, are men still allowed to call women hot? Isn't it like punishable by death now? And I know that women, hot women hate other hot women. I, I know that. But you see, in my mind, beauty is a currency. So I think that if you're a woman who's beautiful and men and, and women should be allowed to tell you that. Uh, but Maxim, just like Victoria's Secret was doing, and now Victoria's Secret is trying to bring sexy back. Victoria's Secret, learning that going woke does not help you. Going woke makes you lose money. And so Victoria's Secret is now saying, you know what? Hey, here's a novel idea. Let's bring back some hotties. I think we have a little clip of Danny Laidley, the bio dude, biological man, just added to the hottest 100 women list by Maxim Magazine. Do we do we have that clip, Matt DeSantis? Yeah, this is Danny and then Danny's son, who still refers to Danny as his father. 
which hmm. was strange, but enjoy. She's your daddy. <laughs> to quote Chris Rock, she's your daddy. Here it is. Talk to people. Um, you know, I was in I was in the 1.8 um, percent of transgender people who hid it from the world. Be vulnerable. Find some people who you can trust, uh, who you can talk to, and they'll support you. And invariably, everything will be okay. I told my truth, which was you know to, to help to help Dad out and and tell her story the best way that I could. Uh, to help to help dad out and tell her story the best way that I could. To help dad out and tell her story. So again, it's just like it's exactly like that Chris Rock bit. She's yo daddy. Uh, is this live right now on Fox News? Patrick McHenry speaking. Is or is this is this B roll? Do you know? I think that was a clip that was from earlier. Okay. Uh, Jordan is officially out. I guess this is this is uh, what a what a freaking mess on Capitol Hill right now. Tom Massey just tweeted out, Jim Jordan gave it his all. He was the best speaker candidate to reform Congress's spending addiction that's been bankrupting our country. But sadly today, the GOP conference met privately and ended his candidacy by a vote of 112 to 86. I would have voted 1,000 rounds for Jim Jordan. You know who be a great speaker? Tom Massey. Tom Massey will never be Speaker of the House of Representatives. There's no one, and I mean this, there is no one who will be Speaker who's a conservative. The Republican Party will not put a conservative as speaker. They won't do it. They'll put somebody who says the things that conservatives want to hear, but they won't actually put in somebody who's going to lead the House of Representatives in the way the conservatives want them to. That's not, it won't happen. And, and, you know, and Tom Massey gave a great speech, a great speech today, cheering on his buddy Jim Jordan. Even Speaker Kevin McCarthy, former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, even he came out today. And endorsed Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. So all the people that were mad, you see, this is why I told you, it's not about Matt Gates. Let me play for you what Kevin McCarthy said. Kevin McCarthy nominated Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. So you see, again, the, the, the sham little lie that the uniparty Republicans are telling you right now, which is that they did this as punishment to Matt Gates, is a complete and utter lie. Because the guy that Matt Gates pushed out, Kevin McCarthy, nominated Representative Jim Jordan for Speaker. And don't forget that Florida Congressman Matt Gates said that me and the other eight, we're willing, whatever you want to do, punish us, put, take us out of the House, whatever you, whatever, whatever you need to do to get Jim Jordan to be Speaker. Proving that it was not just about Matt Gates getting publicity, despite what his detractors have said about him. But here's what Kevin McCarthy said today, cut six. Trust me, being Speaker is not an easy job especially in this conference. (laughs) But I've seen Jim spend his entire career fighting for freedom. No matter what, no matter the odds, and I know he is ready for the job. And so it is my honor to say, as a member of the Republican Conference, I am directed by the vote of that conference to present for the election to the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives the name of my friend, the Honorable Jim Jordan, a representative from the state of Ohio. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, Jim Jordan has passed more bills, and this is what McCarthy said. Jim Jordan has passed more bills than um, most Democrats have ever, ever have ever done. And he's right about that fact. Jim Jordan has not just been a fighter with his words. He's been a successful member of Congress. Cut seven. As the leader of the Judiciary Committee, Jim has passed more bills through the House 
in just three years than the entire Democrat leadership team that has their collective 28 years in Congress. Mr. Aguilar has a whopping one whole bill signed into law, a post office in San Bernardino. I guess that's good enough to be caucus chair. And here is McCarthy reacting to the news that Jim Jordan will not be the Speaker of the House of Representatives, that he was shoved aside by the uniparty moderate rhino republicans that just want to go along with the get along spending whatever the democrats want just to be reasonable just to be well liked take a listen fortunately um jim is no longer going to be the nominee we'll have to go back to the drawing board what history will look at the crazy eights led by gates the amount of damage they have done to this party and to this country is insurmountable i've never seen this amount of damage done to just the few people for their own personalities, for their own fear of what's going through. And really, um, it's astonishing to me. And um, we are in a very bad position as a party, one that has won the majority, one that America has entrusted us with. Let's stop it right there for a second. He is full of crap. You know what? It's not about the eight anymore. It's about the 25. Forget the eight. We, you know, my, my grandmother used to say, Rich, don't live in the past. It's not healthy. You think you go in the live live in the future, not the past. Live in the present, but plan for the future. But you don't you don't live in the past. It's not about the eight who voted to oust you. I know that you're butthurt over it. Pardon my French, but you're butthurt over it, McCarthy. But it's now about the twenty five that stopped Jim Jordan. It's not about the eight that got rid of you, led by Matt Gates. And Matt Gates said, it, and I played you the clip. Hey, listen, whatever you want to do, f- publicly publicly flog us, whatever you want to do. We're, we're willing to quit the House. You can, you can censure us, whatever you want to do. But all that Kevin McCarthy and everybody else wants to do now is stop Jim Jordan from becoming Speaker because unlike Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan would actually say no. That's the thing. It's a lie to blame these eight people for causing the chaos. At this point in time, right now, at this moment, on this Friday, October 20th, you blame the 25 Republicans who just pushed Jim Jordan out. They're the ones who get the blame. Period. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in. we got a great guest coming up. We're going to talk about what wokeness is costing you and what wokeness means in terms of retail theft and how much that is costing you as well. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. All right, welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. Uh, appreciate you being here today on a busy, busy Friday afternoon. Don't forget, I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight after the show. So we'll take his 6 o'clock hour live so you can hang out with us uh, all the way up till 9 o'clock tonight. All right, let's do that. Um, but I want to welcome to the show. He's been here before. He is the national director of Our America. And uh, it's well, great to welcome back Gabriel Nadalis. Gabriel, how are you today? Thank you. It's good to be back. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Absolutely. How how are you doing? You you feeling good? You 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 fighting the good fight? 
Oh, certainly. I mean, we just finished up a campaign over in Tucson where we had about 40 people in our golden shirts go in front of the Tucson City Council demanding more funding for police. Because while, while you would think that defunding the police was very popular, it's actually a very minority and unpopular view. Study after study shows that 80, sometimes 85, even 90 percent of Americans support the police and they want them to be fully funded. So that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to get safer streets and to get brighter futures. You know, I saw that uh, you'd written a piece, I, I guess, that woke George Soros back district attorney was actually carjacked in New Orleans. So, I mean, talk about uh, what, what's the old saying? Chickens coming home to roost, huh? No, I mean, we've seen this uh, because crime is not affecting just like people in, in a poor neighborhood. It's, a, it's a affecting everybody, whether you are a member of Congress who is afraid to go home for the night. So you sleep at the Capitol or you are a worker in, in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh who is afraid to take the bus because you might get robbed. Crime is affecting every person today. And I mean, one of the things that we've been seeing is that there's multiple different companies that have closed down or like stores that have closed down, which take American jobs with them just because it's unsafe to do business in some of these cities. And I'm not just talking about D.C. I'm not talking about New York, San Francisco or even Philadelphia. I'm talking about those smaller cities that often get ignored by the media, like Tucson, Arizona, Madison, Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I mean, these cities are struggling just the same way some of these major cities are, but unfortunately, they don't get the attention that they deserve. Yeah, they really don't. And I, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad you, you point this out, right? Because when we all make our comments about retail theft, and I mean, I was in New York City recently, and I was in Philadelphia. I, I try to avoid shopping in, in these cities as much as possible. But if you're there, you need something. So I had to run into the pharmacy for something. And I'm and, and everything is locked up behind uh, the friggin' glass now. I mean, like if you need razor blades, you got to ask the, the woman to come over and unlock the thing for you. But there's a real cost to this, in addition to the inconvenience factor, right? There's the, there's the, the, the absolute cost that we are all paying for retail theft in this country. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. It's not just the inconvenience. Uh, it's the fact that over, I believe it was the, the uh, United States Chamber of Commerce, they said that close to 700,000 jobs were lost to uh, retail theft. Now, those 700,000 jobs, well, they provide for, I want to say, about 700,000 families. All these people now, they don't have an income. They have to go find another job to be able to provide for their families. But then let's talk about the pharmacies inside like Walmart or the CVS inside Target or some of the pharmacies. Where, where you want to get medication at some of these local drugstores. When they close down, now some of these uh, uh, people, they have to get their medication somewhere else. They have to travel much more, which can be incredibly difficult if you're talking about a, a 60, 70-year-old like, or single woman who needs um, some medication. Uh, I mean, it, it affect, it's affecting everybody, not just the people who are not just the bottom line with these companies that are closing down their stores, but the employees and also every single person who is now forced to pay higher prices because uh, they, the, the companies have to make it up for breakage. Well, and they're losing. I mean, stores are also closing in neighborhoods, too, which is also very inconvenient. If you live there in these neighborhoods and you want to be able to go out and, and buy things and you can because Target has decided that they're closing down or they're shutting down that store because they can't keep their people safe. They can't keep their employees safe. And uh, and, and they're losing too much friggin money because George Soros backed 
district attorneys, these people who, who are out there, they're soft on crime policies where they say, you know, you can steal up to a thousand dollars worth of stuff. And the stores now, these companies, because they're afraid of getting hurt with their ESG scores, they tell their people, don't even confront them. Don't don't even don't even call the cops on them because you might be con- considered racist. So they shut down. So in a lot of these areas in the country, these poorer areas where you already have had what are known as food deserts, where you can't get fresh food, there's no grocery stores. Now you're also losing box stores too. So you're giving the people, the, the residents of these areas are, are getting screwed in, in another way. Now they won't even have the ability to go into these stores. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's many stores that are just like closing down. I mean, Wawa announced not long ago that they were leaving a, a city center in Philadelphia. Again, they were citing crime. And there's been multiple Wawa stores closing all throughout Pennsylvania. It's one of those issues that it's not just about the inconvenience, because that would be unfair. Uh, it's one of the great lies that was given, written by... Um, what do they call it? In Defense of Looting, which is a book that was published in 2020 and argued that these are just theft crimes, the property crimes. They don't really have any effects on the economy or on regular people. And that it doesn't matter because stores, they have insurance. They could just get their money right. back from insurance. So, you know, they're arguing there's nothing wrong with looting. Well, yes, there is. Number one. Typically, they have a policy limit. You can't get any more than ten thousand dollars in coverage, or twenty thousand, or whatever that is. And then, and ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars is very easy to when you break down a few windows. That they, that you reach the limit pretty quickly. But what's more, again, these companies they have to close. People lose jobs, and then people just don't have access to healthy food, like as you mentioned, these food deserts or or life saving medication, because now they have to travel much further, uh, much far apart. Um, I mean, at some point, when you go to the store and you are seeing um, everything closed down, what's stopping you from just like getting an Amazon subscription and just ordering online and not even leaving your home? Which that in itself is a, a detriment to society because then we're not interacting with one another. I mean, there's so much wrong with the retail theft. It's not just a property crime. Your organization, and Gabriel and Dallas, I'm glad you're here because you got a great story. And the reason why you, you started Our America uh, you didn't always think this way. You didn't always feel this way. I, I, I think it's safe to say that at one point you would have read that book in defense of retail theft and thought, yeah, this makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been an activist for 17 years now, which is it's interesting because I'm only 29, but I've been an activist since I was very, very young. And I really started on the left and I moved on to the far left. I was part of the anti-fascist movement for a while. You know, when I was 17, I really thought that that, that was the way to make America or like my community better. But, you know, as I've gotten older and I've, I've learned more about society itself, like I realized that all of these things are just, they're not really doing anybody any good. They're just making things worse for just your average American. I mean, I'm proud of you for coming to that revelation. I really am, because it's not easy for people to admit that they were wrong. And I, I think it, a part of it is, I mean, to, to come out and say anti-fascist, well, that sounds great, right? This is why I think the name Antifa is such a, it's, it's such a, a scam. It's, yeah, who's, who's for fascism? So everybody's opposed to fascism, except that, as you well know, the people behind Antifa are the biggest bunch of fascists of modern times. They shut down speech. They destroy property. They want to get rid of private property rights. They want to destroy capitalism. That, and they want to have centralized government. That's literally the definition of, of fascism. 
No, I think you're right. And one of the problems is bumper sticker ideologies. It sounds nice, yes. but when you get down to the nitty gritty, all of a sudden you realize that you're advocating for a negative, not a positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, I, I mean, we're in Philadelphia, and as you know, my man, we, we we're uh, our, our city's dying. We we got people here that just refuse to come into the burbs. I had a friend of mine the other day. We were talking. They live in South Jersey, and I, of course, I broadcast in Philadelphia, but I live in South Jersey, and we're trying to get together for dinner and figure out where to go. And my one friend, and and the, and these are people that used to come into the city all the time for dinner. They loved coming into Philly for dinner. It was they they loved doing it. And my one friend said no you know pick a pick a pick a spot in south jersey because we're not we're not coming in i don't want to deal with it a friend of mine almost got carjacked the other night i i don't want to do it and i feel bad for the business owners and the restaurant owners and the and the bartenders and the waitresses and, and waiters because this is their livelihood this is their income here and yeah you still have people that live in the city that go to these places but uh a lot of those people in the cities want, want to get the hell out of these cities so the consequences of these of these lefty prosecutors these uh, prosecutors is the wrong analogy here because they don't prosecute the consequences of these lefty district attorneys really does affect the working people the most and i think it also affects the poor people the most i mean their policies lead to destruction of cities their policies lead to the very people getting hurt you know if you live in in a in a posh suburban area your target's not closing anytime soon you've got multiple grocery stores to choose from and your odds of getting carjacked are 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 very are very low uh so you're fine when a district attorney like a larry krasner comes in or and and he comes into Philadelphia with his with his woke policies and says, just because somebody's arrested with an illegal gun, that's not really a crime. We're going to let him go. And the, the crime continues to soar. The people that can't afford to get out and move into those posh suburban communities, they're the ones who get screwed time and again. And it's funny because Antifa goes out there and pretends like they're fighting on their behalf. They're full of crap. They're not fighting on their behalf. And neither are these woke district attorneys. Yeah, I mean, I think that the real the problem of crime is really a twofold problem. One is the funding the, uh, of police officers because the defunded police movement really crippled police officers throughout the country in two ways. One of them, a lot of officers they just they just had to quit or they were cut or they just didn't have a job anymore. You know, that's what cutting but the, the police sure. budget really means. But second of all, it really demoralized police officers. It made them think that cities didn't have their back. So why would you want to become a cop if you feel like the city and the and, and the town doesn't really support you? But then the second problem of crime is, as you mentioned, district attorneys who are refusing to prosecute criminals to the letter of the law. They'll say, oh, you know, it's like for social justice, it's a theft crime. Well, what happens if you don't prosecute theft crimes? All of a sudden you have uh, a gang, uh, theft gangs or retail theft gangs like in New York City where they're organizing to be able to steal from CBS, Target, all these companies so they can then sell all their things online. It's not just a company crime. It's, it's, it's an enterprise. It is, uh, it is t- a type of a cartel that it, it goes into hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not just a, a family struggling, going to steal some eggs. It's not that at all. No, they, they, that's the, the, the lie told by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? Like, these are just people like Jean Valjean stealing a loaf of bread to feed their family. Like, give me a break. That's not what's happening. If people in this country can't afford to feed their families, there's multiple resources available to them at the state, local, and federal level to make sure that their kids don't go hungry in this country. It's a lie. It's an excuse told by extreme politicians. But while we're on the subject of cops, let's bring, let's bring up another factor here, which is that 
a lot of these district attorneys are going after the cops. You know, they've made the cops the bad guys. So in addition to defunding the police, they've also put targets on these back the backs of these officers, where if these officers make a make the slightest wrong move, they're going to wind up getting prosecuted. And that results, in my opinion, in dead cops. And we just had that situation in Philadelphia. We had Officer Mendez, a great guy, a beloved police officer, gunned down at Philadelphia Airport because you had this carjacking ring coming from Camden, New Jersey. They just arrested two more guys in Camden, New Jersey. Coming across the bridge. Think about this now. Coming across the river to steal cars in Philadelphia. Why? Right? Why do they do that? Because they know there's no consequences. And B, these people are so brazen, they're willing to kill cops. And I just can't help but wonder if these cops are hesitating to pull out their own their own guns because they know that if, if something goes wrong, guys like Larry Krasner are going to go after them. They're not going to go after the criminals. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things to consider is nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. Correct. And when the police... When police officers are out there, you know, they need to have some legal protections to make sure that they are. The only thing I think that uh, that uh, police officers should be able to, like, you know, prosecute them would be for gross misconduct, something that's an intentional misconduct. But when they make a mistake in the heat of like the moment, you know, it's it can be very tough. Even the top trained officers can make mistakes. And but at, at the end of the day, like. We, we need to make sure that uh, that cops have all the resources that they need and, you know, that they're properly compensated so we can attract better candidates. If we want to get better cops out there, then we've got to make sure that we increase their pay and that we also don't overwork them. Because another problem that a lot of people don't talk about is the fact that police officers often have to put in uh, 60, sometimes 70 hours a week in order to make uh, make a living. In yes. New York City, the base pay for a police officer is $42,000. You cannot live in New York City in $42,000. No. So what a lot of officers do, they have to put in overtime and, in order, and then that leads to poor policing because they're tired. Cops are tired. We need more police officers and we need to compensate them appropriately. We can't be giving them low wages and expect to, the, the best of our officers. Gabriel Nadalis, your organization, Our America, and joinouramerica.org. Joinouramerica.org. Right now, you're you're fighting for cops. You're fighting to get more cops. I applaud you. I applaud what you're doing out there. Keep up the good work, my friend, because it's so important. It's essential. And um, I know there's a lot of people right now on the drive home who are cheering you on and saying thank you for being a voice for the cops and, 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 and fighting to use the experience of your, I would say, misguided youth. And there's nothing wrong with saying that because I think that it takes a lot of wisdom and maturity to say yeah you know what i fell for the bumper sticker social justice nonsense and i and i've turned it around and and you deserve a lot of credit for that so well well done well thank you i appreciate that very much and have a great weekend gabriel thank you thank you have, have a good weekend bye-bye Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, talk radio 1210 wpht and on the free odyssey app Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 